0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Honor and privilege every Tuesday to join Joy Farley, my dear, beautiful friend, And we are um, really inspired by the topic that Glenn is kicking us off with at 5.30 a.m., which is all focused on men. So I'm gonna turn it over to Joy to launch our segment this morning. And I look forward to the conversation that we're all gonna have together over the next 50 minutes or so.
2: Joy? Good morning, Liza and Alexandra. Awesome job this morning. I love your segment. So Tuesday's at 6.30. You don't wanna miss Miss Alexandra. So we're gonna get kicked off this morning. I hope everyone's having a great start to their day. I know I am. And as I scroll the room, there's so many beautiful faces in here. So we're gonna have a great conversation. It's so funny how every week we end up in such alignment between our segments that we don't all talk to each other. I don't know if anyone's aware of that, but none of us really speak about what we're talking about. And every week there ends up being so much just connection between all of our hearts so as glenn has been kicking us off this week with his new series for men only it takes me back to a couple months ago when liza and i asked you guys what do you want to talk about what do you want to hear more about what do you want to hear more about and one of the main things was let's talk about vulnerability not just vulnerability just as it is but men being able to have a safe space to talk about things that really matter and it's so funny on saturday what, three days ago, I had made a post on my Instagram from an account that I love called New Age Gents. And Brandon Alexander wrote this quote, and it said, men are healing, and it's beautiful. So when I woke up yesterday morning to Glenn's hashtag rise and grind talking about, this is for the fellas. Here's what we're talking about. We want to create a safe space for conversations and where you feel seen, you feel supported, you feel heard. And it just cracks me up that as I look around the men in my life, that I'm just so proud of you guys, I see you doing the work, I see you having tough conversations, leaning in, in a time where we're in the most, I think they're calling it now friendship recession. Due to the pandemic, people feel more isolated than ever. And it's just awesome seeing people doing the work. So I'm gonna give you a couple stats. We're gonna have a great conversation. We're not gonna talk too long on the front end because we wanna keep the floor open um, for questions, answers, and all the above. So there's a new study out from the Survey Center of American Life that said that men with six close friends fell by half since 1990. Men without close friends jumped from 3% to 15% over the past couple years. And they're saying that we're in a friendship recession and the stats aren't looking good for us fellas. And if you're single, it's even worse. One in five American men who are not married or in a romantic relationship report not having any close friends. When it comes to our social circles, guys, size matters. And I guarantee you, the past 18 months has put people in a really interesting position where it's like, gosh, I don't really have even just friends in general, girlfriends, family, we're all so disconnected. And when you look at the stats, they're alarming. I think of all of the people in my world that when I'm having a bad day, when I'm feeling Low, or when I'm feeling high, when I'm elated about something, who do you run to? I know for me, I run to my girlfriends, I call my mom, I find these social connections. That for me, I honestly think that's God's greatest gift to me as a friend collector. I can find a friend wherever I go, but I realize that that's not everybody's situation. And definitely when it comes to the men in our lives, that traditional norms of masculinity have told you that, gosh, it's hard building and sustaining healthy relationships. It's difficult leaning in to uncomfortable conversations or sharing your feelings and that vulnerability never left you in a safe place. So as you look around and seek social and emotional support, friendships require intentional time. And sometimes it is hard when you've been in spaces where being vulnerable never left you in a good space so we want to just create an awesome space this morning to say what vulnerability is because i think a lot of people have looked over their past and they think man vulnerability is weakness don't don't act like a girl um you're weak if you show emotions maybe you were um in spaces where You look back and say, man, every time I did show emotions, I got slapped on the hand or punched in the face. You never know. And I love how Brené Brown says that vulnerability is really just uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure, but vulnerability also is its strength and enhances honest communication. It increases our intimacy with those around us in every single way. Brené Brown also says that vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity and joy, and I really love that. It connects us to each other, and it's amazing how sadness, imperfections, draw us closer. It pulls us in, and honestly, for me, and I can guarantee you for most in the room, that to heal is to feel. And when you have safe spaces where you feel seen, you feel heard, you know that your voice matters, and that that is the very bedrock of solid foundations for friendship connection. And for most men in the room who feel like, gosh, I don't have maybe even one friend that when life goes left, where do you go when you're having a bad day? Where do you go when you want to scream from the rooftops, your highest achievements and the things that light you up or the things that keep you up at night? Where do you go? And how can we support that process? And I saw a quote the other day that says, to be strong is to belong. And I think when we look at the men in our lives who want to be gentle men, but they're taught that to be tough is the only way to get by and survive. And honestly, I think that's um, one of the things that holds most men back is this idea that Not only do I have to be perfect, but I've got to be polite and strong and do things the right way to be a gentleman is to be trustworthy and honest and chivalrous. But what does it look like to be a gentle man? And I know for many in the room, maybe you weren't taught, what does it look like to be both soft and strong at the same time? What does it look like to be able to do those things simultaneously and still be seen as a pillar of strength. I look at the most incredible men in my life, and they can do both. And it's so incredible when you have been, that's been modeled for you. And a lot of times that hasn't been your situation. And so I think that's one of the things that we can also learn, we can unlearn, and um, just creating a safe space where men can be because because men have been taught that feelings are a female thing. And for me, behind your relationship with the Lord, that is one of the top things that you I look for in great men is saying, gosh, you are not just emotionally available, but that vulnerability reigns true in your life that you can lean in, you can have tough conversations, feelings matter. And sometimes when things get heavy, when life gets heavy, where do you go to put them down? So Liza, I wanna just create an incredible conversation um, this morning around um, this idea that when has a woman helped or opened the door for you to be vulnerable and open? And how can we as women learn to be a healthy part of the process? Because I think we have a lot of learning to do just like you have a lot of learning to do. And there's things where, I mean, to be honest, when you look back at your own relationships or your friendships and you're like, when have I been a part of the problem? When men lean into their emotions? Have I been a supporting um, role in their lives as well? So that's the question we're going to pose. When has a woman helped or opened the door for you to be vulnerable and open? And how can we as women learn to be a healthy part of the process? Maybe you have a story to share, um, or a woman in your life that has really helped you do the work. And we want to hear about it. So Liza, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. But I know that this idea of gentle men is so freaking attractive. If no one told you, it really is on the top, top list of uh, most attractive qualities, I will tell you um i did put a quote in my bio so you guys could look through it as well before we continue the conversation and it's from corey manuel and he said you want an exciting endearing emotionally safe relational journey vulnerability is your gps so let that lead our conversation and Liz would love to hear your perspective as we open it up to the entire room for a great discussion
1: Joy, thank you so much for kicking us off. I'm going to add two things as we open up some of the hand raisers. Um, first, I love that you brought up Brene Brown and some of the information that she's obviously always talking about vulnerability. And she ties it often to vulnerability is one of the four pillars of courage. And so often, I think when we get in this conversation about vulnerability, we talk about it in in the personal side of our life. And the only little thing that I'll add just to continue to to, to bring more diverse um, parts to this conversation is there's a really important part of how vulnerability plays out in the workplace and as a female business leader i am conscious oftentimes about how do i make sure that we're encouraging vulnerability in the men in our company because as you said and i can't remember the exact quote but i think you said vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity and when we talk about innovation and whatnot in, in the workplace Being able to be vulnerable, and I think Brene Brown says it best when she always is talking about how you have to be um, vulnerable in the workplace to truly be able to innovate, and you have to have the courage to be able to have difficult and comfortable conversations. You have to have the vulnerability to be willing to fail and to be able to show your emotions at work. So um, I think it goes both on the personal side and the professional side. So I would love to open it up to that question you just asked, because Glenn kicked us off saying that this week was all for the men. And our goal was to make sure and take the seven o'clock hour and start bringing the women in the same conversation and say how exactly what you just quoted or what you just shared joy, which is how can women help open the door for men to be more vulnerable? How can we learn to be a healthy part of the process for men in the space And we would love to hear from both men and women across our breakfast table this morning. Um, So I know that the first person that I would love to call on who wanted to share a story, and I think had something important um, that could kick us off is Michael Robinson. Michael, would you get us started this morning?
3: Man, I'd love to. Like, I'm just sitting here like chomping at the bits because what you enjoy or sharing this morning is just, it's incredible. And I think, you know, for me personally, just in my own life journey, one of the things that I think is the biggest reason I'm still breathing and standing and functioning as a human being in life in general is Understanding the power of that authenticity and vulnerability um, Because like most you know, I was raised in a, in a space in a place where strength is everything where you don't let your weakness out there where you don't really open the door because God forbid somebody really understands what's happening or see something they might identify a weakness uh, they might be able to take advantage of you. And I, I think one thing that stood out, and I, gosh, I'm so thankful for both of you this morning uh, asking the question or kind of posing the reality that, uh, you know, is there a woman or or how can women stand with men in this process? And I'll tell you, and she's not even in here today for, for this moment where I'm going to speak uh, so much admiration and edification over her, but Susie Miller is the very reason I credit the fact that I still have a heartbeat on this planet, and that's because she and I, you know, did a lot of work together professionally, speaking at conferences, uh, leadership development. I mean, all sorts of different realities. And she was one of those first people who looked me square in the eyes and said, "Get real with me. Get authentic with me. What's going on? Because I want you to be fully." Okay. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be happy. I want you to be whole because something you just said lies, and I just want to just reiterate something that's so powerful in that is that when we reach that place of vulnerability for ourselves, it unlocks our power, our ability, our, our purpose in this planet because we need to fully be able to operate in who we are. And sometimes operating in who we are is allowing our weaknesses or allowing our fears to be known because we can't lean in and have someone else help us undergird that and stand with strength and find out that we're not alone. And I think so many times we as men will stand alone out of fear that our weakness is seen, and it leaves us lonely. And something you guys were talking about is just that lack of connection and relationship. I know for me personally – for the first 30-some years of my life, I had one close friend. And, And part of that, the lens, I look back at it. I was at a wedding this weekend, and I was watching a group of individuals who have been the tightest friends, who know each other's mess and dirt and craziness and things. And it was a group of 19 men who were there to celebrate a wedding this weekend. And I watched that closeness, and I thought, man, that wasn't taught to me. That wasn't demonstrated for me. That wasn't you know, there was no example of that in my life growing up. And it cost me over 30 some years of my life of missing that depth of relationship with other men, but just with people in general, because I learned to keep people at an arm's distance. I learned to keep a safe distance from other people because I didn't want to let them in. And I just cannot. Uh, again and again and again, I could just go forever, and I'm not going to because I want to share the space and place, and I want to just thank you guys for pouring into this and Glenn for putting this together. It is so important that we as men do that because since I found my way through that, since I was able to to navigate that and stand in in the comfort level of just allowing all of who I am to be out there, man, the impact that it's had not only on me but the world around me is multiplied. A hundredfold, and I am thankful for those women in my life who stood in that moment to encourage me and give that space for it and for the men who have come along and said I want to be a part of this journey together because we cannot stand alone and part of that is just opening up as men and choosing vulnerability so joy Liza thank you so much uh, for what you're sharing this morning I think it's so important and uh, just excited to be here so I'm Michael and I'm done
1: Michael, thank you so much for sharing and for stepping up first and and uh, kicking off this conversation. I believe that uh, so many women want to be able to help be a part of this the solution. It will make all of us stronger when we work together and figure out how to how to recognize that being vulnerable is actually being courageous. So let's uh, get a couple more mic flashes. I know a few other people had messaged behind the scenes that they wanted to pop in and. Joy and I are super focused on making sure we hear some new voices with us this morning. We have a huge breakfast table going on here today, and uh, we'd like to hear both from women and men who have been able to help open doors. So let's go to Tim first, and then we'll go over to Jeff.
4: Lions Joy, thank you so much for uh, bringing me to the stage. Oh, man, um, don't want to go too long on this, but it is so impactful what you guys or bringing to the table uh, this morning. And obviously Glenn uh, setting the stage this week, you know, for such and just an amazing uh, dialogue. And I will say this first and foremost, that when we, when I look at the aspect of what women have done for me, in particular, my aunt (coughs) Dot, excuse me. And she was the individual who actually had the conversation with me uh, when I was battling, you know, various things in society and just really trying to find my way and in a nutshell what she said to me was Tim don't allow society to guard your view on God your conversation and your relationship with God is one-on-one and what that did was it closed the gap it closed the circle and allowed me to really concentrate and focus on the fact that that relationship is mano a mano and it allowed me to really get clear and focus on the big picture, which was my life, my soul, and what it ended up what ended up happening was I got rooted in the church. I joined an amazing fraternity, a men's fraternity called International Christian Brotherhood, and what that allowed me to do was start to join forces with other men, and you know, to what Sebastian said, Barone, what T M said, everyone you know started in myself i started to realize like i didn't really have close friends i had you know brothers in the secular world and then i started to develop brothers in the spiritual world and what it's allowed me to do is help other brothers come to christ but at the same time really have that self-identity check with themselves to say what's missing and i will just add this in closing because i don't want to go too long but one of the amazing things that i started to reflect on was that when I started to go through this journey with the uh, International Christian Brotherhood and was still having, once again, my ebbs and flows, my ups and downs, my wife realized that I was connected to something greater than myself. And instead of her placing judgment on me, what she allowed me to do was ask my brothers for help. Instead of her saying like, well, you're not doing this, you're not doing this, she said, Tim, check with your brothers. See what your brothers say. And what that allowed me to do once again was connect with my brothers, trust them, but at the same time realize that I was being held once again to something much more accountable and higher uh, than myself. And that allowed not only my relationship with God to grow, but my relationship with my brothers to grow. And eventually it allowed my relationship with my wife to grow. And you know, with that, we have now been you know blessed with 15 years of marriage, an amazing family, a blended family and it just continues to grow. But it is really about that self-identity, that level of awareness and that willingness to have women as well as men lean into your life and accept them and move forward. So I just wanna say thank you so much. I love y'all like cooked food and this is so well needed. This is Tim
1: and I'm out. Tim, we love you like cooked food too. And that makes me smile every time that you say it. Um, what I really, what struck me in, in that beautiful share was when you said that your wife you to go talk to the other men in your life for the solution or for answers because I think so often as spouses we want to give each other the answer we, we want to say how they should do it and for her to recognize that you have this other circle this other part of your tribe that might be able to help you through something better than she could or or be open to those relationships is powerful and I'm so appreciative that you shared that this morning. Uh, we're going to over to Jeff next and then Joy we'll let uh, you take it from there for a moment
5: thank you so much can you hear me we got you jeff wonderful this is such a beautiful conversation thank you for giving me the opportunity and so i'm going to answer the question from my perspective and opinion of what women can do Uh, first of all women can expose their sons to men that consistently model true strength and vulnerability and are not afraid to say i love you when i thought about what glenn said earlier this morning it was so resonated with me uh that when men do or boys do not hear their fathers or other men tell them that they love them then what is modeled for them is how not to love and when it's modeled how not to love then men hate or will fight other men, and that's why those statistics are so high in what Glenn said. And so for single moms, they would benefit the boys to become men that are vulnerable if you put men that model that in front of them. Second, with women who did not see a man that was vulnerable and believe the lie that men keep their emotions to themselves, those women, if they would allow men to be vulnerable express their emotions without judgment so they make it a safe place for them and then finally number three I mean I could talk about this as a pastor all day because I've seen it uh, not only as a child although my my dad was abusive um, trigger warning but he did tell us that he loved us and he did give us um, hugs but we didn't get those kisses and that was another story but I won't go into that but then women also can express Your appreciation, whether it be your husband, whether it be your brother, whether it be a co-worker, when a man takes a chance and dares to allow his emotions to be expressed, don't just look and smile, express verbally that you appreciate that he had the courage to express it and that it was okay. This is Pastor Jeff, and I inspire others to move from the mindset of a victim to the mind shift of a victor thank you so much for allowing me to share
2: Jeff you always come with the most incredible shares from the heart and it's not just as you as a pastor but you always bring it full circle that hey life experiences taught you a lot of things that you can impart to us as well so What I took from that was get your sons around strong men who model vulnerability. Maybe you're a parent in the room, and maybe you struggle with vulnerability yourself. And you're like, gosh, maybe my modeling the the macho, got to be tough, don't act like a girl um, (laughs) way of living life. And then you're like, man, it is such a beautiful, freeing place to be in when you can just show up fully as yourself and open the door for not just yourself, but the the boys the men in your life that look up to you as well so you can be the model even if it wasn't modeled for you so i'm showing you appreciation jeff for that so up next we're going to go to coach and then i'll create a queue. so if you want to flash your mics and want to go after coach we will get you in line um, winifred i see you would love to hear your perspective um and sebastian after that so we'll go coach winifred and then sebastian good morning coach
6: Good morning. I'm loving this, loving this conversation. And, and Jeff it's it's hard to even, I agree with everything that you said. I can completely relate. And most of what you said is what I had on my heart to say. Um, but I will say this, I can't, I honestly can't think of just one instance where a a woman opened the door for me to be vulnerable, but there's been a few, um, but there there was a common there was a common situation or theme of when it happened and it was just simply giving the space and not trying to control it you know it's like uh it's like giving a dog a toy but you want to wrestle it back just let the dog have the toy and they'll bring it back when they're ready you know and and that's kind of what that was you know it as a as a man you know for me personally you know, my my father didn't open up barely ever until I was grown, until I was an adult, right? So I didn't grow up in a household where we talked about our feelings and we talked about that. Yes, he said he loved me, all those things, but we didn't talk about feelings. There was no vulnerability. It was all, it was business. He ran our family like a business, you know, And and as I got older, so it was very hard to open up and and talk about my feelings but I remember my godmother telling me one day she was like son you got to you got to drop your pride and stop being so so bound up and just drop your pride and start talking right and she told me that because she was trying to get God's word out of my mouth and once I started to be vulnerable that's when all fear left right and that's when I really started speaking God's word with so much boldness. And that's when I started telling my testimonies. And I love talking about my struggles more than my strengths, right? Because that's vulnerable. But vulnerability really is strength. And as for and as for men, I want to speak about what we can do as men. You know, this was let's see, it was I think it was twenty ten or eleven. Uh, one of my teammates, who was one of my best friends back then. Um, we went out to lunch one day and, and this was a, this was a guy that put me on the personal development path. He put me on the path to, you know, become the man that I am. And we were sitting down at lunch one day after practice and he was like, Ike, man, I really look up to you. And it threw me off. It threw me off because number one, I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know how to handle a compliment from another man. And number two, I looked up to him. Like, he he was the man to me. I looked up to him. So him telling me that he really looked up to me, that was such a vulnerable moment. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't even know what vulnerability was at that time. But him saying that, now that opened the door for me to tell him and reciprocate it and say it back. And I wasn't just saying it back to say it back. I was saying it back because I'm like, wow, there's an opening. I really look up to you too, man. And another thing, you know, like Glenn said, when we say we love each other, and this this might be just a me thing, but um, when we were running these, these, these youth uh, mentor sessions and it would be mostly boys in our groups, and at the end, you know, we would walk around, we would dap each other up, give each other a hug and say, I love you. And every time you say, I love you. So if any other boys just said, love you, too, I say, who loves me? And then he would say, I love you. Right. So it, it, there is there is such power in details, you know, and, you know, if you're if you're setting goals, <laughs> you're not just going to say great. No, you're going to say, I am great, right? So when you tell someone you love them, it's not just love you. No, it's I love you. It makes it personal, you know? So that's a little bit of my spiel on vulnerability. There's so much more I could say. Um, but yeah, give give the space. And as men, let's just open up and tell each other how we really feel. Whether whether it's something we want to hear or not, I think it's always something we need to hear. So that's... uh. That's my piece.
2: Coach Isaac. that's on that. Wow.
1: Wow. I, I want to share something real quick before I do a reset. Um, you mentioned about telling each other we, we love each other and there's a, a, a car dealer, one of my favorite people in the world, Adam Ahrens, who is up in New Hampshire, Maine, and I think he actually lives in Florida. And he tells each of his general managers he loves them every time he sees them and gives them hugs and that that is unheard of and doesn't happen in our industry and like you said sometimes we just need to hear it so thank you so much for sharing that and making sure that we know that it's okay and uh, in, in home and in the workplace so um let me do a quick reset before we get to the next couple that that joy already highlighted um because we're already at 7:38, which is Unbelievable this hour flies. I just want to remind everybody in case you might have joined us in the middle of this hour that you are here in Breakfast with Champions. This is the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We also want to make sure that if you don't have time to stay with us from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. that you can catch every single segment on the Breakfast with Champions podcast. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Um, You can go over to breakfastwithchampions.live to grab the link. Um, and we would absolutely love it if you do enjoy the podcast. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on iTunes, specifically, um, a five-star review would be great. And once we hit one hundred five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will be.
2: You'll rec- be what? We lost you. We're that. holding on to every single word. We will be.
1: We will be- Drum roll. What
7: will we be <laughs> recognized? I can finish as that statement. We'll be, uh, will be actually pushed out to similar podcasts, which will be massive for people who've never heard of Clubhouse, who've never heard of Breakfast with Champions. Once we hit a hundred, suddenly people whose main way to consume, you know, incredible content is podcasts, will see us as a recommended podcast. So. That'll just be so, so, so massively huge for us. So we're in this sprint to hundred so that people who, you know, don't have the opportunity to join us at the breakfast table in the room each day um, can get to know everyone in the Breakfast of Champions community through the podcast.
5: How many Joy, are, over you are you here? at,
7: Sarah? How many are you guys at right now? So last we checked, we were at 53. Um, So here's something that's amazing. We didn't even know this until last week. And I think we were at 27. We mentioned it in the room on Friday and we shot right up to 53. So I think they say it can take 24 hours to post. But I do want to say that if you go on right now and leave us a five-star review, um, shoot a DM over to myself or Joy or Dr. Rowe and Trevor who are coming up. Uh, We want to know. So like, let us know that you left a five-star review. We'll shout you out. We'll thank you. We're so excited and grateful for your support. And I will say, you know, I'm so heartened every time I get a DM and I know so many of us on stage do it. Say like, I loved your segment this morning. It was so great. You know, let me know if there's any way I can support. And I'll tell you right now, you can support us by leaving a five-star review so that we can reach so many more people and spread the message far and wide. Over to you, Joy.
2: I love it. I think we should create a new culture of every segment. We take one of the reviews that we've received and give people a shout out. I love when people feel seen or when I'm listening to podcasts and people are like, oh, here's a great review from Sarah McCord. So I think we're going to start snatching those and adding them into all of our segments. I think that would be just a great way for us to give back because you guys mean the world to us. If you didn't show up, we wouldn't have breakfast with champions. So I just wanted to quickly highlight what Coach said. Uh, Before we move on to Miss Winifred, but he said, Fear ends when vulnerability begins. And there's something about taking the um, ownership of saying, I love you, not just love you mean it, or when you see something in someone else to always say it. Maybe if that, maybe if your teammate never said, Hey, I look up to you, would you feel as empowered to be like, Man, I look up to you too? Or when you start seeing people around you, that you see great characteristics in them, that you shout those out, and then they go take that same energy and pass it on. So vulnerability truly is a gift that keeps on giving. So thank you so much for that, Coach, Isaac. Vulner, or vulnerability. Winifred, you're up next. We're gonna go Winifred, Sebastian, and then Dr. Sean Shapiro. So good morning, Winifred.
8: Hey, Joy Girl, it's good to be here. I love to call you Joy Girl. Anyway. Um... Oh, I, like,
2: I like the sound of that too, so <laughs> never stop.
8: Okay, so um, you know, I do campaigns. that um called Read Boom Boom, sickle cell disease awareness campaigns. And Read stands for raise awareness of sickle cell disease. He is empower survivors to empower survivor warriors to take care of themselves to manage the condition effectively. He is activate communities. D is disable stigma. And the reason I do these campaigns is because my brother wrote a book called Boom Boom about sickle cell disease in 2020, uh, in 2019, and the book won the African Prize for Literature. And I read the book in January 2020, and I was shocked because I didn't know anything about this this condition. And I thought that the message needed to hit the road, that more people needed to know about the condition because you could prevent it by not marrying somebody who has the same genotype. And, um, and you could manage it effectively and live a a a sickness free life, you know, and so we've been having these campaigns, and we get people, warriors, together with uh, doctors that care for them, uh, into into communities, and we have conversations with them. I just finished the campaign last um, on Saturday, and one of the things I really read that warms my heart during these campaigns. Is to see men come in this disease af- affects more africans and african Americans and Nigerians. so a lot of nigerians very prevalent in nigeria although i've never heard about it but anyway during these campaigns it's really very it warms my heart when people when especially the guys are really vulnerable about what this condition does to them and how they have to hide the fact that they have this condition when they are in re- intimate relationships, and try and hide it all the way to getting married, um, because they know that somebody will not marry them if they if the person knows that they have this condition, and um, and then they talk talking about things like preapism You can you can Google what preapism means, but um, cont- that's something very intimate to be to be bold enough to actually talk about it and talk about it in in the open in this community and talk about it with the doctors. So that the doctors can give them support. So I've just found out that them being vulnerable in these um, um events that I run really empowers them, so that they understand that their genetic condition is not their identity or their destiny. So that's this way I've seen vulnerability. This one example how just being vulnerable as really really sets you free to live a really empowered life. I call that a simply abundant and luxurious life. I'm done speaking.
6: Is it going uh, silent for everybody or it's just me? Hey, everybody. Hey,
2: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna no, be no, like, no, talking to myself. It's just me. It's me. <laughs> I'm talking to myself on mute. It's fine. It's fine. No, I was just saying to Winifred that that it's really beautiful when men can come in together in community, whether you're sick or not, whether you are lonely or not, you don't have to just be in groups when it's for recovery. Maybe just get together with some of your guy friends and be like, gosh, like there's things on my heart that I either want to be accountable for or to or that we can be in community together and talk about things that actually matter. So maybe we should make that um, trending where it's cool for men to get together, not just to go out and, um, you know, hey, grab a beer and talk about things that matter. I love it. So we're gonna go to Sebastian and then Dr. Sean Shapiro next. So good morning, my friend.
9: Good morning, Joey Farley. Good morning, champions. Uh, Such a great morning here. Really enjoying this segment because I think it really moves men into a space of unfamiliar. And I believe that's really where the magic happens is when we're able to get a little uncomfortable. We're able to get a little bit out of the norm. But I want to preface this with saying that vulnerability is a superpower. So if you're not currently utilizing it in your life and it seems absolutely terrifying, that may be a great indication to go ahead and, and lean in. When I think of my childhood and, and and my my dad and I's relationship, while it was troubled a majority of my life, he always said, "I love you, son," uh, and he always kissed me on the mouth, which I'm still in therapy for. Um, and, uh, and I'm just I'm just playing, but as I look back on that, it was it was such a it was such a significant part of him showing him showing me that he actually loved me. I spent a majority of my life with a story about him. uh, And then once I quickly realized and took ownership from my life, I I quickly realized that my dad did one thing. He did the best that he absolutely could. And I made a conscious decision that I only have one dad and I'm gonna love him uh, for as long as he's on this earth. So I was really able to be vulnerable in that space, but it took a tremendous amount of inner work for me to arrive at a space where I could actually say I'm no longer pointing fingers at anybody, not just my dad, at anybody. And I'm taking full accountability for my life, even back down to my childhood. There were unfortunate parts, my parents got divorced. That's unfortunate, that doesn't define who I am and who I've actually become and who I'm becoming. But when I quickly, when I when I realized that my dad did nothing wrong, I actually picked up the phone and I called him. I only talked to him a couple times a year. I love him from a distance and that's totally cool. And him and I are a okay, but I called him and I just, and I said, Hey dad, I was just calling to say hello. And he said, son, it's really good to hear from you. And he was a DJ for 30 years. And he still has a, a radio show on Sunday mornings. Uh, and uh, he, he likes to trade war stories about the radio days and now podcasting days. And what I've uh, been able to, to, to create as my life's work. And we talked for about 45 minutes. And it was just a... It was just a unique conversation, but had I not been vulnerable to just pick up the phone and say, Sebastian, make the phone call. Stop waiting for him to call. Chances are he might not. At the end of that 45 minute conversation, he said to me, it was really good to hear from you, son. I love you. And a lot of those conversations that we've had and through the years, and I think it happens with our families, we get real comfortable and we gotta go somewhere and we're in a hurry, it's always love you but he was very intentional. When I hung up that phone, as I was in tears, I thought to myself, this this is the power of vulnerability with people that are closest to us because those that are closest to us, sometimes that's the most terrifying part. But as far as women standing up for my life, in my life and standing for me i've got three women in my life that refuse to back down whether i like it or not refuse to allow me to give up whether i like it or not and that's my mother that's my sister uh, and that's my beautiful daughter they are um i always say they gang up on me and corner me and i've got no way out and i am so grateful uh for that feminine energy and power in my life i think stephen Kuhn said the other day that when we get a good mix of masculinity and feminine femininity. We're able to, that, that, that combo, that yin and yang is winner, winner, chicken dinner. So thanks for letting me share, Joy and Liza. This is Sebastian and happy Tuesday.
5: Thank you, Sebastian. And this is the men's Me Too movement. Me too, brother.
2: Amazing, what I, would, what I took from that, Sebastian, is this, that who do you need to call? Who do you need to call today to tell them that I love you? not just waiting for someone to call you. You might be sitting by the phone for a very long time. And sometimes people are waiting on an invitation that they'll take, but sometimes it takes you leaning in first. And I think that is where vulnerability sets in. It's this idea of what if I share and the outcome and response, you don't know what's gonna happen. But I guarantee you, just like coach had his conversation yesterday about forgiveness that had me like in tears all day is who do i need to reach out to who's on my heart that i need to tell them i love you because maybe that's exactly what they need to hear today and you never know that ripple effect of when we receive love it's so much easier to give it away so i would make that a challenge to everybody in the room today maybe there's someone that's been on your heart that's been either hard to love or someone that maybe you have just forgiven or someone that you haven't talked to in a while just to say hey man i love you man to man you know I love you. And it's so cool when you can actually create that safe space for people to feel really seen and heard. So thank you so much for that, Sebastian.
1: Yeah, I think the bigger question that that you even just said, you said, you know, what happens when you do, but maybe the bigger question is what happens when you don't, when we do stay comfortable and we aren't willing to, to ask to say we love someone or be vulnerable and share in failure,
2: share in our emotions. So what happens if we don't? Back to you leadership to go first and that's what leaders do i think there's so many leaders in this room in business and life and your family whatever that looks like is that you know what if if i'm not going to sit here and wait around for someone to tell me they love me but i'm going to extend that to somebody else and maybe that's exactly what they need today so i love that so we're gonna go over to dr sean and then we do have dr Janie and dr chris in the room would love to hear your professional opinions and perspectives on what can we be doing both as men and women, to lean into vulnerability and how we can all be a part of the process. So take it away, Dr. Sean.
10: So uh, I I hate that I followed all the shares because mine is not nearly going to be as impactful, unfortunately, but I do feel like it could provide some value. So I'll be quick. Uh, Thank you, Liza and Joy, for for coming up with a great topic again. Um, I think that what I took away from the opening that you, that you did was the space thing, right? Like like you said that ladies need to create a space where men can allow themselves to feel vulnerable. And while I think that that is an awesome thing, I think that what I learned, what I've learned is that we as men need to learn how to create that space ourselves. And that, If we can create the space and not need somebody to facilitate it for us, then our vulnerability uh, is easily accessible because we don't require someone to open the door for us in this particular case or hold the door open for us. We can walk through it. We can kick it down. We can do whatever you need to do to get past whatever that fear is that we all have, including myself, about sharing like the most intimate things that not, not like the, the, the scandalous intimacy, the, 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 the most intimate things that really go on inside our heads when we're, when, when, when we're by ourselves and we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So, um so I think that learning to create the space yourself allows you to do what you want to do in this life. Because I think that I think Sebastian said that the vulnerability is a superpower. Somebody said, and I apologize, but Miss it, but vulnerability is a superpower and it's on the and it's on the other side of the fear of vulnerability that you get everything you want. Thank you, Joy. Love you.
2: Love you, friend, but creating safe spaces for each other. I love that perspective because I think, you know, I've been in situations where, I mean, I have five brothers. They tell me a lot of things, Um, but at the same time, like I'm your sister, maybe you can literally walk into spaces where you feel Seen and heard from the men in your life that it doesn't take only having those conversations with you know your significant other or um, it's just incredible when you can create those spaces for yourselves. So I love that, Doctor Sean, and maybe maybe you lead the charge. Maybe you start getting people together and having conversations where you do feel safe, and it didn't take anybody else to open the door. So incredible perspective there,
11: Doctor Janie. Are you here? <laughs> I am joy and what a great conversation this morning so needed and such a place where healing can start because healing does not happen in a vacuum and you know and a few things that I will say around this conversation especially to women is that when we hear the word vulnerability it sounds sexy it does and we hear authentic it all sounds good but we want to think about vulnerability being the top of that mountaintop to get to that mountaintop we have have to have emotional intelligence we have to understand where we were wounded we have to understand as women how do we fantasize men we have to understand sometimes sometimes it's a mother wound that can transpose into our relationships with men if we weren't nurtured if we weren't um, seen heard ourselves it's hard to give something that we have not yet gotten, not yet have had ourselves so to get to a place to truly be vulnerable and to support our men we have to be a secure woman right because every woman that's strong right could help be, could help her man become even stronger but that means that she herself has to have understanding of her own emotions she has to be able to not criticize or not put him down when he shows his emotions many women many men sometimes learn to shut down by the most vulnerable space where they did show their emotions and that was the space with their romantic partners sometimes it's being raised by a single mom who used her masculine energy to get things done right so in order to really be in a place where we can really have healthy connections and to be vulnerable we have to be at a place where healing is a journey and we have to understand our own self in the sense of what was our relationship with men, what was our relationship with our father, how were we nurtured, how were, because many women I'll see over the years, Joy, in the, in the sense of counseling, want their husbands to be their pastors, their lovers, their best friends, their teachers, to be their everything. That is a lot of pressure. So to Sean's point, we have to dig deep and first understand our relationship with men, not fantasize men, not put them as Popeye, they're coming in to rescue us, right but looking at as a collaborative effort and they need to be desired wanted loved to have a safe place where they can fall into a place of peace in their home and not a place of criticism not a place of how they should be especially from a woman so those would be a couple of my thoughts to say that if we want to really get to that place of vulnerability and healing collectively as a community we have to first understand where we were wounded because if you show me how you were loved I will show you how you love So this is Dr. Janie. Thanks, Joy.
2: Mic drop. I can't even follow that. So hope you guys took copious notes because this idea of vulnerability—it starts with where you said where you were wounded, and that's how you learn to love. So that's incredible. Thank you so much, Dr. Janie, for your perspective. Always. We also have Dr. Chris on the stage. Would love to hear a male perspective of how can we as women um, create just safe spaces for the men in our lives and how can we be a healthy part of the process? would love to hear your perspective on that. And so good to see you this morning.
12: Top of the morning, fam. It's always amazing when I can swing in. And this conversation is water in the desert. Needs to be had every single day from now until the end of time, for sure. Um, One of the quotes that I've brought through my life that has been just really important with both the male and the female relationships in my life is that vulnerability is grown, not given. So many women and men that I connect to always ask, you know, my partner's not emotionally available. How can I make them emotionally available? And you can't, but you can create that safe space for vulnerability to grow. And it's the same example that I tend to give around mindset and really learning to love yourself if I plant an acorn at the beach, it's the environment that's limiting the potential of the acorn, not the acorn itself. The same thing happens with vulnerability. So if you can start to understand that it's the environment that's going to create the product that you desire, especially around vulnerability, because it is challenging for men. I mean, so many of us learn through just watching our fathers or other masculine figures in our life. I know like so many other gentlemen have shared in this group that masculinity was not something that was, you know, I, I say uh, healthy in quotations, but it wasn't something that we truly understood or continue to understand the way that we do today. My dad worked a nine to five job. And if I got a, at a boy once in a while and a smack on the derriere, it was a great day. And that was how I learned to receive love from a man. But that's not the way that I truly desired to be loved. And then I started to understand those distinct differences. So I really love this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Dr. Chris, this is Liza, and I I can't thank you and Dr. Janie enough for tying this all together for us at the end of the hour. You know, I think when we when Joy kicked us off and brought this fantastic subject to our hour about what role do women play in making sure we've created that space that we haven't set men up for on a pedestal or up in a way that doesn't allow them to be vulnerable. There's been so many wonderful pieces of advice, so many stories, but ultimately Dr. Janie and Dr. Chris, thank you for the advice here right at the end. Um, for anybody who's been listening and wants some additional resources, Joy has done a fantastic job of adding some additional resources into her bio, as well as some links on her Instagram. Um, our goal is obviously for all of us to make each other stronger and vulnerability is is plays a big part in it both for men but also the role that we as women play. So thank I just want to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on Breakfast with Champions this morning for this last hour.